Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shabbos, daf Kuf Chav Beis. We're starting from the Mishnah, nine lines from the top. Today's shir is sponsored, B'schos Eitan Gilad Ben Malka, Basio Chavad Bas Rivka, and their children, Tamima and Noam. They should have only Bracha, Nachas, and Parnasa. Now, the Mishnah on Kuf Chav Alf had taught that one may not ask a Gentile to do Malacha for him on Shabbos. This Mishnah discusses the permissibility of a Jew benefiting from a Malacha that was already performed by the Gentile on Shabbos. And the Mishnah says, Nachar Shedlik Hasaner, a Gentile lit a lamp on Shabbos, Mishnah Mishlo Yisrael, a Jew may benefit from that light. But if he lit it for the Jew, usher, so then he's not allowed to benefit from it. If the non-Jew filled up water to water his animal, that means he took water from a well, which is Rosh Yachid, and he brought it into Rosh Rabim. That's the Isra of Haitzah. The Jew is allowed to use leftover water to water his animal with it. However, if he drew the water for the Jew, usher, so then the Jew is not allowed to use it. Let's say the non-Jew made a ramp to go down from a ship. He wanted to disembark by way of this ramp, so the Jew is allowed to use that ramp after him. However, if he made the ramp for the Jew, Usr, then it's Usr. There's a story that Rabbi Gamaliel and the Zakanim were coming on a ship, and a non Jew made a ramp so that he can disembark from the ship, and Rabbi Gamaliel used it also to disembark. And the Gemara says, We need all three cases mentioned in the Mishnah. If we only said the case of a lamp, I would think that it's permitted for the Jew to use because when a lamp is lit for one person, it's also lit for a hundred people. Everyone can benefit from that light. So we're not going to say that the Gentile lit it with the express purpose of the Jew in mind. But we're discussing water. Perhaps we should be geyser. Perhaps the non-Jew is going to draw more water for the Jew. And nonetheless, we say it's still permitted for the Jew to use leftover water. So why do we need the case of the ramp for? Rashi explains that a ramp and a lamp is the same case. Once the ramp is built, so that can provide the ability for anyone to go off the ship, not just the non-Jew, just like the lamp. So the Gemara says, We're trying to teach us the story from Gamaliel's Canaan that they actually followed through with this psak. And the Gemara continues, A non-Jew that gathered grasses, which means he detached grass from the ground on Shabbos. The Jew can use this grass to feed his animal with. Yisrael. However, if he gathered these grasses for the Jew, Asr would be Asr for the Jew to use. He drew water to water his animal with it. The Yisrael is allowed to use that water afterwards. However, if he drew it for the Jew, Asr then would be Asr. Now we have a qualification. When was this said? That's only if the Jew and non-Jew don't know each other. They're not friends or acquaintances. If they know each other, Asr then would be Asr for the Jew to benefit from it because we're assuming that the non-Jew is also doing this malacha for the Jew, and therefore he's not allowed to benefit from it. And now the Gemara just asks on what we mentioned regarding the grasses. Aini, is that so, that we're actually allowed to use the grass that was plucked on Shabbos? A person is allowed to place his animal on top of grass that is attached to the ground. He's not allowed to place his animal on top of mukta food, meaning food that was already detached from the ground, but it's mukta, he's not allowed to do so on Shabbos. What's the difference? One person places his animal on top of grass which is attached to the ground. We have no chashash that the person is going to pluck some of the grass and hand feed his animal. That would be an iser de iraisa of toilesh, and a Jew would never do that. However, if he's standing on top of mukta food, so the only problem of taking food and hand feeding his animal would be the issue of picking up mukta. That's only their abundance. So we have to be Geyser, he's not allowed to do so. 
So we see that a Jew is not allowed to stand his animal near mukta food on Shabbos. So why is it that we said that if a non-Jew plucked grasses from the ground on Shabbos, those grasses now are mukta? Why is a Jew allowed to benefit from that and give it to his animal? The Gemara answer is not a palm. The Kaim Laba'apa, the case of the Brisa, that the non-Jew picked the grasses and the Jew is allowed to use them is when he stood in front of his animal and he guided it towards where the grasses were, and then it went on its own to eat it, but the Jew wasn't actually standing where the grass was. So we don't have a chashash that he's going to pick some up and give it to his animal. And now the Gemara is trying to understand the second statement of the Bray. So Amr Mar, we had said, when is it permitted for the Jew to benefit from the Gentiles? That's only if they're not acquaintances, they don't know each other. But if they do know each other, Usr. So then it would be Usr. But now the Gemara asks, from the story of our Mishnah that was on the ship, and he used this ramp that the non-Jew built, he knew the non-Jew, they were on the same ship together. How was he able to use it? Amr Abayabai says, Shaloi of Hava. When the non-Jew built the ramp, Ramagamaliel wasn't there, so therefore he didn't have Ramagamaliel in mind when he built the ramp. Rava Amar, he argues with Abai and he says, Even if Ramagamaliel was there when the non-Jew was building the ramp, it would still be permitted to use. Why? The same way that when a lamp is lit for one person, it's lit for many, so therefore the lamp lighter isn't necessarily lighting it for anyone else, he's lighting it for himself. So too, the ramp builder is building it for himself, he's not necessarily building it with anyone else in mind, and Ramagamaliel was allowed to use it. now the Gemara asks a question on Rava. told on the ship. Since he made the ramp, not in our presence, Nairid Bai were allowed to go down on it. So we see very clearly the only permissibility to use the ramp is when they weren't there when the Naji was making it, seemingly like Abai, not like Rava. So the Gemara answers, Ema really let's explain Ramagamaliel's statement as Hail Vi since he already made the ramp, Nairid Bai we can go down on it, so we have no proof against Rava. Tashma, now we're gonna have a question against both Abai and Rava. We have a city in which both Jews and non-Jews live in it. And there was a bathhouse that was used on Shabbos. The bath attendants and the people that owned it were non-Jews and they would heat up the water on Shabbos. If the majority of the bathhouse goers were non-Jews, so then a Jew is allowed to use this bathhouse immediately after Shabbos. However, the majority of the bathhouse goers are Jews. Then he has to wait after Shabbos the amount of time it would take to heat up hot water. Water. Now, in order to build a question, we have to understand this. This is the concept of Dichdeshi Yasu. If a malacha was performed Be'isra on Shabbos, one may not benefit from it immediately after Shabbos. He has to wait Bechdeshi Yasu, the amount of time it takes to do this malacha after Shabbos. This is to show that no real gain was had from this malacha that was done on Shabbos. Now, this brass is problematic for both Abaye and Rava. Abaye allows immediate benefit if the Jew wasn't there when the malacha was performed. And here, he was either at home taking his Shabbos nap or learning the base medrash when the water was heated up. And according to Rava, it's permitted to benefit from it so long the Gentile was doing it for himself. And here the water was heated up for both Jews and Gentiles because both Jews and Gentiles use this bath. So this is an issue for both Abai and Rava. So the Gemara answers, not a problem. Hasam, in the case of the bathhouse, Kimim Chami, when the bathhouse attendant was warming up the water on Shabbos, Adate Derubim Chami, he warms it up with intent of the majority of the people that are going to use it. And since the majority of people that are using it are the Jews, therefore he's doing it for the express purpose of the Jews even though they're not there, according to Bai, or even if they were technically there, Rav would say it's Usr because it was done for them specifically, and that's why they would have to wait, according to Rava and Abai. Tashma, we have another question. This is on Rava. If we have a lamp that was lit at a gathering, 
Rav Nachim, if the majority of people there are Gentiles, so a Jew is allowed to benefit from the light. In Rav Yisrael, if the majority of people there are Jews, Aser, so then he would not be allowed to benefit from it. Mechzal Mechza, if it's 50-50, Jews and Gentiles, Aser, so then a Jew would not be allowed to benefit from it. This is a very similar question to the previous one, and according to Rav Arasen's question, the Jew is at this gathering of Jews and Gentiles, and even though the lamp was also lit for Gentiles, because there were Gentiles at this gathering, nonetheless, it's still Aser for him to use. Why would that be so? And so again, the Gemara answers a similar answer, Hasam Nami, over there also. Ki madliki, when this lamp was lit, Kavcha Bezon Bez on the top, Adaita Deruba Madliki, it was lit for the majority of the people at the gathering whom were Jews, and therefore, according to Rava, it would be Usser. And now we have a story about this. Shmuel Ekelebe Avin Turan, Shmuel visited the house of Avin in a place called Turan, Asahu Nachri, a Gentile came, Alek Shraga, and he lit a lamp. Ahajinu Shmuel Ape, Shmuel turns his face away because he didn't want to benefit from the light. Came the Chazadaisi Shtar, since he saw that this Gentile brought a document, and he was reading from it. Amar Shmuel said, Ah, he really lit it for himself, and he didn't light it for me at all. So So he turned his face back towards the lamp so that he could benefit from it, because now he was certain that the non-Jew had lit it for himself and not for Shmuel's benefit. for finishing the 16th parak of Shabbos. Hashem, we should finish Shabbos together and all of Shas together. And now as we start the 17th parak, we're back to the discussion of Mukta. The focus of our discussion will be what is considered a kli, a utensil, in regards to mukta. Usually, something that isn't a utensil or food, such as stones or sticks, is considered inherently mukta, or mukta machmas gufai. There are, however, certain ways to take it out of this status, and the Mishnah Gemara will discuss this. Now, the key term in mukta is muchan, prepared. If an item is considered muchan, then it isn't mukta. If it isn't muchan, then it is mukta. And again, we'll be discussing this in the Mishnah Gemara. The two main categories that we'll be discussing will be klisha malachtai laheter, a utensil, vessel, that's primary use is permitted, and a klisha malachtai laisser, a utensil or vessel whose primary use is usr and Shabbos. There's also three main reasons why any given object may be moved. First one is letzerich gufai, for its use, meaning we need to use this object for some sort of permitted malacha. Letzerich mekaymai is for its place. We don't need to use the object itself, but the place currently occupied by the object is needed. And mechamal letzel, from sun to shade, to prevent the object from getting damaged. And the Mishnah says, Kol all vessels may be moved on Shabbos, vidal seisayani mahin, and their doors with them, afal pishan esparku, even though the door was detached from them, she'ein doim ladalsis habayis, this is not similar to the door of a house, lefisha the door of a house is not minamuchan. When we have a vessel that has a door attached to it, such as you have a box that you store stuff under your bed, let's say, and that box has a hinge with a door, so that door is considered part of the box, and is considered a kli, because it's connected to the box. And even if it was dismantled, it was taken off of the box, nonetheless, it's still considered a kli because it belongs with the box. And this is not like the door of a house. The door of a house is connected to the house, and the house is mokta technically because it's attached to the ground, and it has no use. It's not considered a kli. Therefore, if the door of a house was detached from it, one may not use that door on Shabbos. It's considered eina minamuchan. It's not prepared. It's not ready to be used on Shabbos. And the Mishnah continues, Not till Adam Kornos, a person is allowed to take a hammer to break open nuts with it. Kordim, he's allowed to take an axe to cut a fig cake with it. He needs something very strong to cut this very thick cake. Megeira, he's allowed to take a saw, which is serrated, in order to slice cheese with it. Magrefa, he can take a shovel, to shovel out the dried figs from the bottom of the barrel. These are two different types of pitchforks. He's allowed to place food on it for a child. It's a cushion 
is let it take a spindle or a weaver's reed. These are long, sharp implements. Litchayv bay, he can spear food with it to eat, kind of using it as a fork. Machach al is let it take a hand needle, litol bay sakayim, in order to take out a splinter that is inside of his skin. Vishal sakayim, he's let it take a sack maker's needle, which is much thicker and larger. Liftayach bay to open a door with it if he doesn't have his key, so he's allowed to pick his lock with this sack maker's needle. Now the Gemara analyzes the first part of the Mishnah. All kalim are allowed to be moved, even though the door got detached from it on Shabbos. And the inference is, and we don't even need to say that if the door got detached from it during the week, that of course you would be allowed to move that door on Shabbos. But the Gemara asks, the opposite is more logical. If it got detached from the actual keli on Shabbos, it's considered muhan because of its father, meaning because of the parent kli. The whole entire kli, both the door and the vessel itself, was muhan when Shabbos came in, and it was only detached on Shabbos, so therefore it still has its status of muhan, you'd be allowed to move it. But Bechal, if the door got detached during the week, it's not considered muhan because of the parent kli, and when Shabbos came in, this door itself didn't really have any use, so it should be usher to move it on Shabbos. Amar Abayi says, this is really what the Mishnah is saying. All vessels are allowed to be moved on Shabbos, and the door is also allowed to be moved. Even though the door got detached during the week, nonetheless, that door may be moved on Shabbos because it's considered part and parcel of this keli, even though it technically doesn't have its own use in and of itself, even though it was detached during the week, one may move it on Shabbos. Tan Rabbanon, we have a b'risa. Del shal sheidav shal teva shal megdal. A door that belongs on a carriage or in a box or on a closet, all these things can be moved. Nightlin, one can take the door off on Shabbos of a but he may not put it back on on Shabbos. Mishalol shal tarnagaylin, but the door that belongs on a chicken coop, lo nightlin v'loy machzirin. You're not allowed to take it off or put it back on on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, Bishlam shalol shal tarnagaylin, I understand the door of a chicken coop, kasavar, this time holds. Since it's connected to the ground, this chicken coop is cemented or connected to the ground, there's a problem of building and dismantling binyan and stira when it comes to doing something with the ground, so you're not allowed to take the door off or put it back on. But all these movable objects, boxes, closets, and whatnot, what exactly does the hold? If he holds it, there's a problem of building with kalim, which is why you're not allowed to put the door back on. So then he should also hold that there's an issue of stira, of dismantling with the kalim, so you shouldn't be allowed to take it off on Shabbos. And there's no issue of taking it off on Shabbos, there's no steer by Kalim, so ain't binyan by Kalim. There shouldn't be an Isser of putting it back on, which would be an Isser of Binyan. Amar Abayabai says, Really holds that there is an issue of Binyan and steer by Kalim. Really, the Bryce is saying that the door was taken off on Shabbos against your will. Someone took it off, you weren't paying attention, you didn't notice, so then you're not allowed to put it back on. Amar Rava, Rava tells Abayi, I have two answers, two disproofs to why what you're saying doesn't make sense. Chadr, first of all, the Nightlin Katani. The Brysa says, Nightlin, you may lechatchila take it off. And furthermore, my avolay machzirun. Why does it say, but you may not put it back on? Again, implying that you are allowed to take it off, you're just not allowed to put it back on. So Elam Rava, Rava says we have a different way of understanding this Brysa. Kasava, really the time of the Brysa hold, ain't binyan bekelim, ain't stira bekelim. There's no problem of binyan or stira by kelim. You could technically take the door off and put it back on. So why are you not allowed to put it back on? Gzeirah shemi yiska. We have Gzeirah, perhaps you're going to fasten it securely, and then that's not an issue of building, that's an issue of makabapatish, and 
that's why you're not allowed to put it back on. But taking it off is not an issue because there's no binion by Kalim. And now the Gemara continues explaining the Mishnah. We had said, Neutel Adam Kornis, a person is allowed to take a hammer in order to break open nuts. So now we have a machlaikas about what type of hammer we're talking about. Amrav Yehuda, Kornis Shela Geizim, Lefatseya Bais Geizim. You're allowed to take a hammer that's designated for breaking open nuts to break open nuts. Avol Shal Nafachim, but if you want to take a blacksmith's hammer, lie, you're not allowed to take that. Why? Because that hammer's mukta. It's a Kalisha Malachti Leisser. And the Gemara says, Kasavar. We see the Rabbi Yehuda hold, Davashim Malachti Leisser, a Kalisha Malachti Leisser, a Fuel Gufa, even if you want to use it for itself, meaning you want to use it for a permitted malacha, breaking open nuts, usher, it's nonetheless usher. And Rashi points out that for sure it would be usher to move Latzarech Makaimai. If you don't want to use it for a permitted malacha, you want to just move it because it's occupying a place that you need, that for sure would be usher. Amalei Rabba, Rabba says, El what about Seifa? The Seifa, the Ketani, it says, as Harachas Hamalgez, that a person may use these pitchforks, Lassis of Lakatin, to place food on it for a child. Rachas Humalgez, Mimiachti Lakatin, or is there any sort of pitchfork that we designate specifically for putting food on for a child? Obviously not. Perhaps you might have a hammer that you designate for breaking open nuts, but you don't have a pitchfork that's designated for children. So it must be that you're allowed to use a Klisha Malachti Laissa for something. Elam Rabba Rabba says, Kornishal Nafachim, the hammer that we're talking about is a blacksmith's hammer, Lafatseya Baya Gaizim, to break open Kasavar and Rabba holds Kufchav Gimlamid Aleph that if you want to use a klisha malachti le'isser, but you're using it for a permitted malacha, for breaking open nuts, that would be permitted. However, it seems to be that Rabbah still would not allow you to move it for letzayrich makaymai. And we're going to delve into this more in depth tomorrow. Everyone should have a wonderful day.